This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, everyone. I I wanted first and foremost to uh, apologize for the little bit of the delay and, and really the consistency issues, because, I mean, I get it. Um, the consistency issues with getting this show out ever since, I mean, ever since Christmas, really. And uh, I apologize for that. I know for the longest time it's been uh, a weekly broadcast. I'm going to try to keep that up, but I just can't make a, a confirmed guarantee. I wish I could. I wish I could say, yeah, it's going to be out every Thursday from now on. I'm going to try my best, but I again, I can't make any promises. Um, because it just seems like it's been one thing after the next. And some days, I mean, it's so frustrating to me where I just want to sit here and I, I want to rip my hair out, you know? And I just want to yell at myself. I want to say, just record the effing show. And some days it's it's for different reasons. The other day, I went over to the microphone. I said, all right, I got to get this done. I just couldn't do it. I think it was just too much on my mind. It was a lot of anxiety. You know, it's one of those things, if you've been there, you get it. If you haven't, it's like, you know, what the, what are you doing? But here we are again. Today's a little bit of a, a better day. And, uh, you know, there's that, then there's this physical issues. I realize also with the, ever since that one tooth just, I don't know, like, broke a bit more, it's just been weird against my, my tongue. I don't know, it's just weird to describe. But, you know, teeth are very important when it comes down to speech and uh, enunciation. You know, I think it's one of those things we really take for granted. Sometimes we think teeth are just for chewing, but a lot more to it than just that. You know, the reason you can really speak the way that you do is because you have teeth. And uh, anyway, that's a little bit of a, a side note, though I figure whole point of this show, uh, the reason I even did this to begin with was just to talk. Just to talk for however long it was going to be, 20 minutes, an hour, two hours. I mean, that's 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 the reason why. I made this show. It wasn't supposed to be anything other than that. So with that said, may as well just give a little bit. And, and some people, they want to see it as something else, And but you can't please everyone. I've, that's a problem I've had for f however long it's been now that I've been doing this show. You know, people want it different differently. They want to see it become this or that or the other thing. And then I do that, and then other people are angry, and then I go back, and then they're angry. And, you know, no one wins, so uh, just do your thing and... Uh, uh, hope for the best. Uh, so I do want to give a little bit of an update as to the, um, you know, because if you listen to the last show and um, uh, that I did about the um, teeth, yeah, so I, I did go to another doctor, so I've been to two, got a consultation and examination, but the result was exactly the same. So either way, then went to um, went to the oral surgeon, and, uh, yeah, supposed to get them pulled out, uh, next week. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I said, you know, I'm gonna get put under for it. 
And that's going to be an interesting experience because I've never had uh, general anesthesia before. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting. Some people, it's like they say, oh, it's just, you know, you're in and then it's, it's just you're out. It, it'll, it'll be interesting anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, amnesia. There have been times where my memory is just, you know, blacked out. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be an experience either way. And uh, then I'll try to get, you know, some sort of an update in some form. I mean, I just, I can't say how I'm going to be till it's already over and uh, done with. And everyone heals, everyone recovers differently and at different, uh, different paces. Some people, I mean, it was interesting to see some of the feedback. Some people, they're like, you know, I had um, my teeth extracted and the healing process for me took four days and then I was able to eat again. One person was saying, you know, I got a tooth pulled and uh, later that day I was back to drinking some beers and uh, I ate a burger and, uh, you know, just chewed on the other side of my mouth. And then some people might say, well, I, uh, yeah, I screwed up. I undid the healing and it took me eight weeks before things got back to normal. And other people, it's like, yeah, I followed all the instructions, followed all the directions, and everything still went wrong, and it took forever, and it was painful, etc., etc. But I'm hoping for it to be swift, hoping for it to be uh, as painless as possible. It's going to hurt. You know, of course, it's you're getting teeth pulled, right? But I figure it'll be in the most controlled environment as possible, and... Uh, no, I mean, just going to follow the instructions and uh, do what I'm told and uh, yeah, do what I can to make it as uh, flawless as can be. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird having them out. I mean, I figure, well, for the one tooth, it's like there's not much of it left anyway. So, I mean, it's, you know, I the, the one thing I'm going to have to resist, I always have a tendency to poke around with my tongue. I'm just going to have to avoid, I'm going to say, no, don't, don't, don't do that for the socket there. The last thing you want is to agitate it and dislodge the blood clot. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll have to exhibit some self-restraint, but I have a good feeling about it. I think it's going to, it's going to be an experience, but I think it's going to be, um, going to be good. You know, I think it'll be long run, I'm saying, for the best, because then I'll get the implants, I'll get that sorted out. And uh, having, you know, I mean, an implant, it is a, a false tooth, but it's like the nicest, you know, you can get. And uh, I think it's just, it's going to be really good to have, I, I know it's not like the real thing, but I think it's the next best thing. And it's just going to be, it's going to be so nice to have that solidity there again. You know, to have something that I can chew normally 
which is something I haven't been able to do for four years now, be able to chew normally, that's going to be something, all right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, I just think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be. So either way, as that gets closer, I'll give a little bit of an update. I've just been, you know, trying to research things. One uh, good resource I recommend to anyone who has any dental issues, any dental concerns. Now, I know people sometimes have their reservations with Reddit, but it is a good resource. It, it really can be. It all depends on what subreddit you use. It's like anything with the internet, right? There's different, there's different communities, different people, different mindsets, things that you like and you don't like, right? It's all the luck of the draw. There's some communities on Reddit that are the most uh, insufferable, some of the most insufferable I've ever seen, and there's others that are just, they're great. I mean, now I'm a lurker. I never post, you know, and if I do, it's, it's you know, very, very rare. Usually I just read and, and never contribute anything, but a good subreddit, if you have any dental concerns, I discovered this one, um, dentistry, just, you know, the dentistry subreddit is great, and it's actually, it's, it's, the community I've realized is a lot of actual dentists and uh, hygienists, people who actually, they, they know what they're doing. And you just have people that go there with questions or concerns, and they'll go and, and they'll try to answer it. Now, it's not a place to necessarily, unless you have, like, full-blown x-rays, a place where they can necessarily say, yes, it's this, or no, it's that. Um, but you can definitely get some professional uh, feedback completely free of charge. So if you have any dental anxieties, any worries, something happens with your tooth, don't just go there in, in, in place of a dentist, that's absurd, but it's a good place just to see, get another opinion, and uh, I recommend it anyway. But I've been reading that a bit, it's just fun to, sometimes I get preoccupied, look at that, watching uh, various dental videos as well. Some things, not for the faint of heart, are uh, people doing um, self-extractions at home. I I mean, you, you couldn't pay me to do that. And I guess, you know, I understand people's financial situations are different. Um, you know, don't want to deal with dentists and, and whatever. I, I get it. I Look, sometimes you're in a, you're in a bad situation. You can't afford to see it. Because, I mean, dental care is exorbitantly expensive, you know, for what it is. But I guess the equipment costs money. I mean, you know, it's it's all dependent. I can say that there have been times where whatever I've paid for dental care is worth it, and I've been very satisfied with the experience. You know, there was a time a couple years ago where one of the fillings that the one dentist in, um, you know, back in 2016 put in, that I didn't really talk about this one too much recently, but this was, I think... During one of those appointments, because in 2016, I went to this one dentist, like, you know, five times in a very short span. And they put in a bunch of fillings, and they did a bunch of work. And that's when all this stuff happened. All the issues that are really going on right now in my mouth, 
you can trace back to kind of that span of time where, you know, one, the one tooth, right, that we talked about for so long that they ground it down and, you know, put the big amalgam blob in there and so on, right, they, they ruined that one. Then there was another molar, the one right in front of that, where there was a filling, like, on the side of the tooth or something that they put in, but then the filling just fell right out and, you know, just left a hole there. That tooth is salvageable, though. Um, then there is one of the canine teeth in the front where they put a filling in the back of the tooth, but then they put a blob of it on the roof of my mouth, and it was hanging down like a stalactite. And I, I, I kid you not, that really happened. And it was like, what? and it was this giant blob too. It was like the size of the tooth, hanging. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but it was hanging from the top of my mouth, down, and I couldn't close my mouth properly. You know, it was it was perpetually open. Because there's there's this thing just hanging down there. And uh, then there was a tooth on the other side <laughs> that had the cavity, but they and part of it broke off, but they just ground the corner down and didn't even get rid of the decay, and that one has to get pulled out too. It's uh, you know, what what can you do? You could only laugh about it at this point. And uh eventually the one tooth with with the thing hanging from it. I had to just eventually snap it off. I couldn't deal with it. I just, they weren't willing to do anything. They said that, you know, they were, they were proud of their work, too. That was the other thing. <laughs> and I uh, had to just snap it off. I think I just threw it out. And uh, and then the cherry on top there, the that filling in that canine tooth popped out in, like, 2018, I think it was. So then I went to a, a different dentist in Florida here, paid out of pocket, but they they put a filling in there and it was fine and uh, very, very smooth work. Right, you know, that's a dental experience where the, yes, it was a high cost, but it was worth it. And that filling is still here, hasn't given me any problems to this day. It's fine, painless, smooth, no issues. Um, You know, but... The dental work in, in 2016 was terrible. Well, it, it all depends, but either way. So you have these individuals that will sometimes try to do the procedures on themselves at home. But, I mean, I just, I couldn't do it. For me, I think there would just be too many risks involved to get, you know, like some pliers and just try to pull out these two molars you know, right now, and just, just do it with, uh, you know, no professional um, anesthetic, you know, have to be a local anesthetic, um, no pain, anything for pain. I mean, sure, I can go get some whiskey and maybe get a shot of that, but that's what they used to do in the old days. But even then, it was usually done by a surgeon. Even, you know... I don't know, I just don't think I could do it. And, and really, my concern would also be, even if I do that, 
I don't know. I, I could just see the the potential for infection or for the the blood clot not forming properly, etc. It'd just be I couldn't I couldn't do it. But I mean, I saw a couple videos of people, and I don't recommend you watch this unless you really want to. You know, people pulling their own teeth out. And I'll admit, some of it was cringy, but there was one guy, I mean, I had to give him, I had to give him credit. You know, one guy handled it better as, like, this older guy. I mean, maybe he'd done it a couple times, I don't know, but he seemed like he was kind of one of those self-sustainable people. You know, not necessarily off the grid, but he was able to just, you know... (laughs) Maybe the tooth is just dead already, I don't know, but he just took a shot of whiskey, pulled it right out, and was was fine, and he packed it with, like, some sort of clove or something that, I guess, helped it heal properly, but he was alright, and, uh, you know, but but that's the exception, that's not the rule, and I think the problem with that stuff is that it might give some people the idea that, you know, he was able to do it just fine, so could you, and you don't have to pay for some dentist to pull your teeth out, but you have to know what you're doing. I don't recommend it. I'm really just talking. That's that's really all that's on my mind. And before anything else, I just take a listen to this message from VORW's sponsors. Zenko Ice Slider is a tile-based puzzle game where you get from point A to point B by sliding through the board. Zenko is a fun pastime for people who enjoy problem-solving, sliding puzzles, brain games, reasoning skills, and fun challenges. Every level, you'll get a board with different types of tiles like ice, walls, holes, and fragile tiles. In the board, you will also get some creatures that have to be placed in the correct tile for the board to be solvable. For example, one creature works as a wall, Once you have placed the pieces in the right place, you swipe to move Zenko in that direction. He'll slide on the board and stop upon hitting walls on its path to the goal. Now, currently, there are two modes to play the game. Adventure mode is a set of four worlds of 40 levels each, where new tile types and creatures are introduced as you progress. This makes for a fun, dynamic gameplay evolution as new mechanics are introduced. Puzzle of the Day mode has new levels added each day. Levels may include any of the tile types and creatures from Adventure mode. Every map has an optimal move count, which, when met, will give you a 3-star rating for that level. Now, any extra moves, and you'll get less stars. You can find Zenko Ice Slider on Google Play Store for Android, and soon in Apple's App Store. That's Z-E-N-K-O... Dash Ice Slider. If you enjoy the game, feel free to leave a review as well. And if you have any feedback or comments, this would greatly help the developers improve their product and build better ones in the future. The game also has some pretty nice music. Feel free to check it out again on Google Play and soon on Apple's App Store. Z E N K O Ice Slider, that's Zenko Ice Slider. We all have nightmares, they happen. I'm sure we don't particularly like them. But let me tell you about a really interesting thing that the Henson brothers did. They took something that I think we oftentimes look upon very negatively, something that can cause us anxiety, that keeps us up at night, and they made something really cool and really interesting out of it. 
That's why I'd like to present to you The Nightmare Parlor. This is a new series that is going out on the Henson Brothers YouTube channel. Now, in the Nightmare Parlor project, they collect the weirdest, creepiest, and most haunting dreams had by their YouTube subscribers. In every episode, they exhibit a few of the most mesmerizing dreams that have been shared with them. Using various audiovisual techniques, they try to capture the ambiance of the dream and bring the most truthful depiction to your YouTube screen. They take something that happens to so many of us, they bring it to life, and they make something really neat out of it, too. You can find them by searching the Henson Brothers on YouTube, that's H-E-N-S-E-N Brothers, or by searching the Nightmare Parlor. Viewers can make their submissions of their dreams that they would like to have recreated on this channel by going into the video description of their newest upload, and there they'll find a very easy form they can use to make their submission and really become a part of the show in the most literal sense. I think it'll be interesting for all lovers of horror. Check them out. The Henson Brothers on YouTube with The Nightmare Parlor. Um, because otherwise, I mean, current events-wise, I'm glad things didn't really happen with Iran. Although what's, what's fascinating to me is that I'm pretty sure this, this really was the case. Let me just confirm this right now. Yeah, where uh, 11 U.S. troops were injured after the Iranian missile attack. So, you know, you remember last week, Iran launched the missiles at... Uh, the bases that had the U.S. facilities, you know, in as, as their retaliation for killing Soleimani. And right after the U.S. said that no Iraqis were hurt, no Americans were hurt, no one was killed, and that Iran, you know, was just intentionally not targeting... American, uh, you know, the places where the American troops were to try to satisfy their retaliation to the, the public, which granted kind of, I don't know, fell flat on its face, if you ask me, when uh, the Ukrainian airline, which is now confirmed, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore, uh, got shot down. Massive, massive backlash there. I think that kind of, you know, very quickly changed the public reaction. And, um, Anyway, though, they were saying that, oh, they just, they intentionally missed. It's all good. Uh, you know, look at that. You know, it's, that's it. <laughs> right. Then it was a couple days later, you started hearing a few government officials saying, I'm not so sure that Iran was intentionally trying to miss any U.S facilities. And then they said, okay, well, all right, I think they did have the intent to kill. This wasn't just some sort of stupid PR stunt, but I think it was a legitimate attack to kill, right? And then it's revealed that, no, they're actually, you know, 
it's it's not true that everyone was unharmed and that no one uh, you know, everyone emerged uh, without a scratch and that no one was injured. No, eleven U.S. troops were injured. And what's next? You know, they're going to say that there were multiple deaths. You know, and theoretically, I mean, then you would say, well, if they were injured, then wouldn't that be the grounds to retaliate? If you go by the book, I don't. I wouldn't recommend uh, getting caught up in in a long, long conflict with Iran. But I think it goes to show how close to the the brink we we very we very likely were. Um, but. I was watching the one Trump uh, press... No, it wasn't a press conference, just the announcement uh, after the strikes. And as soon as I heard sanctions, I knew I knew right then and there we were fine. Whenever you hear sanctions, it's not to say sanctions aren't serious or that they can do any damage. But in, in terms of geopolitical affairs, when you hear sanctions, then you know that it's not going to be military action, that... Sanctions is a step toward de-escalation. And then over the last couple days, you've heard from time to time, oh, a few people, mostly I think just uh, lone wolves or a few militias in Iraq, you know, they'll launch a missile here and there, and you can't even really call it a missile, it's probably a couple guys, you know, in a pickup truck with an RPG that'll launch it toward a, a base or something, but or someone with just a a, mor- a single mortar maybe launch a few shells and it's it's nothing incredible it's nothing from you know like uh, like what we saw the other week and then here and there i don't even know if it gets in the news um you know i think maybe a couple times at at first people thought it was big um because they heard about israeli airstrikes in syria um, but trust me, that happens all the time. You might say, well, what about, um, you know, why are they going in and doing this? That's just, that's how it's been for years and years. It's There's nothing new there. Uh, that's just the way that it is. So, yeah, it's not any sort of response. It's just standard protocol with the conflict. But what was interesting to me was uh, I was listening to one radio show uh, almost right after the um, missile attacks on WWCR, uh, shortwave. And it was in the mornings, and I don't always agree with what they have to say, um, but they're interesting to listen to because they're very, very... I mean, it's completely dedicated to, you know, conspiracies, pretty much. And, uh, I mean, they talk about everything. They talk about... Uh, you know, geopolitical affairs, and again, take it with a with a grain of salt. But I think it's interesting to listen to um, geopolitical affairs. I think the other day they were talking about mind control, which is it's fun. It's fun to listen to uh, civil war, and they were talking uh, about what was going on with Iran, and they had this one analyst uh, from Russia who was there, and he called in, and somehow, this was before it was even released, that Americans were injured in this, he said that they, that there were, now granted that's just, you know, saying this or that, but I mean, he was on point with so many things in terms of the Middle East, and so it was interesting to just hear that, 
a couple days before it was ever even released, and then have that confirmed. But he did bring up an interesting point about, you know, the way news is nowadays. He said, well, so many things, they happen so quickly. And, you know, where do some outlets, where do some people, uh, you know, so many get their news from first? You know, it's someone reports it on Twitter, and they say that's what happened. Is that really the case, though? Because it's just going off, lot of, off of what one person on social media says. Sometimes it gets verified, sometimes it doesn't, but some people just take it, they run with the story. Uh, you know, sometimes the narrative, you just have to, you have to look at things closely. Doesn't mean you, you can't trust anything or anyone, but you just have to realize, I know it's, it's, it's used in a political sense so often now. And I don't like that the, the phrase has been hijacked, because it applies to everything, not just politics. Uh, it applies to almost every current event. But the term fake news, that has always existed, and it's just been under different names. Go back to the early 1900s, it was called yellow journalism. Go back even a few, a few years, like 10 years ago, people were more or less calling it, uh, you know, tabloid reporting. Now it's fake news. It's the same exact thing. Um, but I always hate when people look at the term fake news and they it's like they instinctively think that it means this or that politically. No, it means that there's bad journalism sometimes. I say that personally. I have given this example a number of times. When you had major so-called reputable um, you know, media groups that said I died back in 2017. I had published a video that was seen many a time. I was already trying to tell other outlets that I was alive. All they needed to do simply was look up the report of the week, find my channel, and see that I had published a video debunking that hoax. And that's how they referred to me, the report of the week. But they didn't even bother to do that lazy reporting this stuff slips through the cracks a lot more than we think. And you can find one example after another after another that isn't politically motivated. Uh, you know, a lot of it can be, too. Sometimes political campaigns, and this happens everywhere, uh, you know, can play dirty. Or, uh, you know, some of their supporters or whatever. But this applies for so many things. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they just see that initial headline or... Uh, misleading uh, pictures or a snippet of, of, you know, video out of context or something, and then a lot of people might run with it and have an incorrect understanding of a circumstance or a situation. Information is, is one of the most important, important things in this life. And if only there could really be transparency and, and clarity in it all. But I don't think there ever has been, I think, for... As long as there has been, you know, uh, news and reporting, etc. People have always twisted it, have distorted it to try to get one outcome or another, or promote this or that. You know, we see that so often. Just do what you can to check multiple sources, even multiple forms of media, 
and be open-minded. You know, we don't have a lot of time. Things are going to slip by. Things are going to slip through the cracks. But it's the best we can do. You know, because we're bombarded with so much stuff. Day after day after day. And uh, we just have to do our best to stay informed. Because uh, things can develop, things can change very quickly. Information can... New facts, new details, right, can emerge. We just saw that with the missile attacks. So, be vigilant and do what you can to be informed because it's so important to be in the know about what's important. And uh, with that, there's a hierarchy, right? All right, now, going into one last topic for the show... And this is another current event, and it's an emerging one. And if things are going the way that I kind of see it going, uh, this is only the beginning. And I think we're going to hear a lot about this. But, you know, we're just starting to hear about it now, but it's just... Now, I'm not an authority on this. I mean, I think, personally, it's a very serious thing. But, you know, if you have any questions or advice, ask a medical professional. Uh, You know, this is just my conjecture. You might have heard it in the news. Um, I'm I'm sure it hasn't really gotten tons of headlines. Um, But in regards to the coronavirus, uh, that's uh, kind of emerging and I would say exponentially uh, growing that uh, came out of China. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they're not really sure. They just kind of hear it. Uh, the coronavirus, there was a case in the U.S. There were cases in China, multiple dead. Uh, cases in Thailand, in Japan, in South Korea, now in Macau, and, and of course now one in uh, the United States. Uh, no cure. And uh, not too much information. Oh, it's just like the flu, right? You know, it's no big deal. That remains to be seen. Diseases and their spread. You know, it's all so variable, right? I mean, you look at all the recent ones. SARS, MERS, swine flu, Ebola... Zika virus. Some of these can be very scary, but they don't necessarily have a huge impact on our lives, right? I mean, look at Ebola. Obviously, you know, you say that to individuals in West Africa who dealt with it firsthand. I mean, they would have, they would beg to differ. But, you know, in 2014, when Ebola was really going around, I remember there were fears that it might spread to the United States and get bad, and I mean, Ebola is a terrible, no, it's a terrible way to go. Um, but obviously, it, it eventually quieted down, and uh, the epidemic was declared over in 2016. You know, SARS did cause about 700 deaths worldwide in the early 2000s, but I think for all the panic... 
right, that, that level of impact never really happened. Swine flu, on the other hand, you know, resulted in, I think, 280,000 deaths worldwide. And it did have some impacts in the U.S., but again, you know, life still continued on. But say, if you go back 100 years to 1918, uh, to the Spanish flu, the, the influenza outbreak of 1918, that was on a whole nother level. I mean, unlike anything anyone has ever seen today. 500 million infected, 100 million dead. That's insane. It infected about one-third of the entire Earth's population back then. That's the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic. And it's not to say that just because it's an epidemic and, oh, it only killed ten people, it only infected 470 individuals so far. Compared to, you know, what, uh, of course, the, the Spanish flu did. Oh, it's not a big deal. I say nonsense. But again, that's just my conjecture. This is, in my opinion, I think it's important. But here's what's going on with this. So, as a, as a bit of a rough timeline here, this disease is a new one. That's not to say, but, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been discovered. It's only emerged in late 2019. As a result, there's nothing that exists that someone could take if they get infected by it that, you know, can just cure you or whatever. Now, there's things that, you know, you can take uh, that say if you had other uh, respiratory issues, flu, uh, etc., other types of coronavirus that might be able to help you and, you know, could help you recover, but there's nothing at this time just for this one, because it's just, it's too new. All right, but here's what we've got. Everything you need to know about the mysterious, deadly coronavirus uh, sweeping across China and now, of course, uh, spreading around the world. As of now, there are 446 confirmed cases, 9 dead. Uh, just yesterday, there were 312 cases with six dead. Obviously, a big expansion of this. The formal name for this is novel coronavirus, also known as Wuhan coronavirus, uh, the China pneumonia outbreak. It began in mid-December 2019, and as the name implies, it was first reported in the uh, city of Wuhan, China. Uh, it's located in, uh, I would say, central eastern China. It has a population of 11 million individuals. It's a large city. So far, they believe it could be traced back uh, to around mid-December of 2019, uh, possibly because of tainted meat at a market over there. You know, and kind of looking at, at diseases like Ebola, right, you kind of notice a little bit of a pattern where Ebola largely came about um, because of uh, you know, what's known as bushmeat, which is just, you know, you, you, know, you eat something that uh, 
poses significant health risks. And uh, that, you know, that might be similar situation there, just, you know, tainted meat in, in one way or another. Obviously, I doubt these markets really have that much regulation with all due respect, and I'm sure such things do happen. Incubation period is around uh, three weeks, I believe. Uh, around December 30th, uh, an urgent notice on the treatment of pneumonia of unknown cause uh, was issued at the Wuhan Municipal uh, Health Committee. 27 people were reported to the World Health Organization. Most of them were stallholders at this seafood market, seven of which were in serious life-threatening state. In the following days, uh, doctors tried to figure out what exactly uh, ails these individuals. Uh, They tried to see, well, was it, you know, seasonal flu? Was it SARS? Was it MERS? Was it bird flu? The number of the cases continued to increase to 59. They tried to quarantine as many individuals as they could, uh, get as many contacts as they could. At the time, there were no human-to-human cases uh, or, you know, any healthcare workers being reported sick either, so they weren't really sure what this was. Anyway, research showed that this is a new thing, though it does bear uh, a resemblance to SARS. So, I mean, if you kind of look at that towards similarities, it's, it's no laughing matter. Now, again, back in the early 2000s, SARS, I mean, it killed, you know, 700 people, but it was not a global pandemic. That's, you know, you can't predict the future. Um, But either way, some individuals have died from this. Uh, But recently, things have really been heating up, if you ask me. I think the number of cases has been really on the increase. At first, they ruled out human-to-human contact, but now that's happening. So they don't know if it mutated or what. The number of cases, though, is increasing, not only in China, but also worldwide. As of now, it's reported in China, Thailand, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, Macau, and the United States. Uh, The one case in the U.S. is in Washington State. Now, some people might wonder, well, exactly what is this? What would it, you know, how would it make you feel? Uh, I think as things progress, you're going to hear a lot more about that. But it looks like this is largely respiratory-based, very similar, uh, you know, in terms of what we would understand to pneumonia. So, here's where it stands. This isn't at the point where you need to, all right, I need to stockpile stuff, I need to, uh, you know, isolate myself, uh, you know, this is going to get bad, it's going to be a global pandemic, Tens of millions are going to die. It's, it's, it's not at that level. However, at this point, just like with Ebola, just like with Zika, just like with swine flu, and everything else, I would recommend that you research this. Understand what it is. Understand what's going on and use common sense 
one studying the numbers, one studying the locations, and when studying how it seems to be progressing, how many people has it killed, how were people recovering, what's going on, how is the international community reacting to it. And if you use common sense and kind of look at the situation as an overview, trust me when I say I think if it, if it really starts getting out of control, you'll know. You'll know, and if you, if you stay on top of your game and follow it, just here and there, you don't need to uh, compulsively follow it. You don't need to have some sort of map on the wall and, and track it down and spend every last ounce of your free time following this. But in a worst-case scenario, and I would say there's probably a, a zero, close to zero percent chance of it happening... There's a legitimate chance that it could spiral out of control or, or get very bad, and, and that has to be understood. But if it starts getting to that level, I think if you're observant, you'll give yourself a little more time to prepare uh, than many other people, you know? It's just, that, that's why it's so important to be informed. I think the number of the cases will go up, um, but from there, what happens, it's it's... You know, you just have to... You don't know. I'd say there's a 70% chance that the number of cases will eventually, you know, definitively grow into the thousands. 10 to 20,000. A number of deaths probably, you know, at least in the dozens. You know, it will expand a bit, probably largely confined uh, to China, but there may be isolated outbreaks, you know, in other parts of the world. But... I think for the most part, again, there's a 70% chance I think that'll happen. It'll eventually get under control pretty quick. And life goes on. There will be a lot of news headlines. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, talk. But you will probably never even notice it impacting your daily life. Otherwise, there's a 30% chance that it could get much bigger. But I really think that the, the, the percent chance of it becoming anything cataclysmic is so minuscule. Either way, I think it's just important to, to just, you know, be, be in touch with these types of things, especially when it has that potential, regardless of how great. It's certainly there that it could one day impact your health or uh, health of those you care about. As far as I'm concerned, we've got this one life. Take care of yourself. Take care of your health. One way to do that also is to be in touch and up to date with what's going on in the world. But like I said, I think you're going to hear about this a lot more going forward and, you know, give it a week or two and you're never going to hear the end of it, I'm pretty sure. But it's something to watch and either way, I mean, just exercise... Normal precaution, be hygienic, be sanitary, but I wouldn't say it's any any grave cause for concern. The one thing I've just been looking at is I think, here's the thing, right? The number of confirmed cases that they so, they so claim, you know, is over 400, getting close to 500. The biggest problem, 
And some people might take offense to it, but unfortunately, there's been a track record uh, with the government of China that they're not always the most accurate in regards to uh, any outbreaks of disease. And that, you know, some reputable uh, organizations have come out and said that, you know, not necessarily, I mean, there might be a full-blown cover-up, but the number of cases uh, in China right now may already be around 2,000, and not just, you know, 400 or whatever. But it's something to watch. I do think that the amount is higher, because uh, you just, in a country with so many people, it's, it's tough to keep track of everyone. So just stay up to date, stay informed, use common sense, and uh, otherwise I just wanted to talk about it for a couple minutes. And keep everyone informed about a current event that I've just had a lot of interest in lately as well. It's, it's, it's very technical, it's something that I don't really talk about that much, but diseases and all of that has always been, always been of a fascination to me. No correspondence is necessary this week, you don't have to send me anything. Um... If you still do, email is always welcome, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. But that's the only time I'm going to uh, say anything this uh, this show. And again, you don't have to send me anything. I don't, I don't need any, uh, I don't have any questions, none of that. So it's all good. If you don't want to write, don't even feel pressured in the least. Uh, it's all good. With that, I'm going to conclude this broadcast of uh, V-O-R-W International. And uh, I'll try to keep you all updated on how the uh, dental procedure goes as well. Thank you and take care.